You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. Yes, I'm back. I'm Oz Davis. I'm typically one of the hosts of this show. I usually say joining me as always, but I guess I should say I'm joining the stalwart host of this show, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how have you been this past three, four weeks? Uh, Keeping things going here. Uh, Pardon my mess. I'm sure I left quite a mess for you to clean up as you hop back into your normal chair. Uh, Oh, 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 no. Joe, come on. The shows have been awesome. Uh, without me, in fact, this is why I primarily wanted to do the show, is just to make sure that I'm as irreplaceable as I think. No, I'm kidding. I just wanted to do this show just because uh, I haven't done it in so long. And in, while I've been away, both my Alouettes have been on a nice winning streak, three games in a row, point differential of plus 50. And basically... Every single team has now switched their quarterback. Though maybe yeah. not the Argos. Maybe not the Argos. But but since I left the state or since I left California, every single team, I think, is now sporting a new quarterback, some with more success than others. Uh, am I pretty much correct there? Yeah, I mean, Calgary's yeah. stayed the same. BC's gone back and forth due to injury. Edmonton's made the big change that we've all been yelling about uh saskatchewan's been through two different two or three different ones now i don't know it's been a while <laughs> um winnipeg is going to be starting drew brown this week um with yes. and hamilton's on their number three toronto's fine i guess um i think our montreal, guy's coming back in montreal i mean after yeah. Caleb Evans threw 13 passes last week and still his team scored 41 points. But I think our guy's coming back this week. Um, yeah, I think Ottawa's the stable one right now. They yeah, how about it? For a month. <laughs> but, well, that's the crazy thing about, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to some more topics about that. But that's the crazy thing about Trey Ford. You know, it's before that outrageous contract was offered in Edmonton. I thought for sure Trey Ford was going to be a starter this year. You know, going back to last year, towards the end of last year, I thought Trey Ford was a guy this year. And now he gets his first game. I mean, clearly he's he's a bit, uh, let's say, lacking on the arm strength. I mean, in that second half, especially, he was really struggling. But, I mean, the guy is an athlete. I mean, he's still accounted for three touchdowns, you know, so nothing to sneeze at there. Um, so so you I'm kind of look, looking forward to Trey Ford. Back, watch what Edmonton did last preseason. Where they had like a, oh, they they went behind the scenes for a while, and I they may even still be doing that, but I haven't seen any in a while. But they went behind the scenes at the draft, and they showed Chris Jones interviewing Trey Ford, and Chris Jones did right. you know had issues with how Trey Ford was doing things. They still ended up drafting him, but given that we don't see behind the scenes very well in Edmonton at this point, given their big changes recently with uh, Victor Quee on the way out. 
you have to wonder if Chris Jones had Trey Ford in his doghouse and the only reason he put he pulled him out is because he had no other choice. Yeah. At 0 and 8, it's pretty tough not to consider switching your quarterback out. Um, we're just doing this podcast today so that I could weigh in on some CFL stuff, sort of flex the muscles a little bit here from overseas. Um, and I did want to touch on a few of the old podcasts. I got like, you know, usually we'd say I got a few bones to pick, but I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm criticizing. However, I do want to do call outs, a few call outs here on the podcast on the RWB podcast with you and Josh Smith, Joe. Josh said that uh, no fan really prefers defense to offense. Okay, now I'm going to object. I promise you that I do, okay? I am convinced that I have been for years, and in fact, I have a Hungary-related story to this. Um, I have been convinced for years that the glory play in football is not the long bump touchdown, okay? It's not the punt return touchdown. It's not even the rouge. Okay, heresy, I know. The glory play in football is the interception. It's the best play in the game. It's, it's you know, you think about the old Madden game where when the guy caught the ball, they'd freeze it and then do the matrix spin the screen around because it was, you know, I mean, it was just such a great moment. And I'll tell you what, okay, way back in the day, back in the teens, uh, they formed the, the MAFL which is the Magyar American Football League, the Hungarian American Football League here in primarily in Budapest. But there were some teams in other towns in the country as well. And uh, my friend played for the Budapest Wolves, which is a very funny name because W doesn't exist in the Hungarian alphabet. And so nobody oh. on the team, nobody on the team could really say the name of the team. So it's kind of an odd choice. But in any case, Okay, here's the way a game would work, right? Everybody in the crowd, you know, they don't know what the hell is going on, right? They get all excited at the beginning of the game, you know, because there's a lot of hype. There's, you know, the mascot comes out, the cheerleaders come out, love a good cheerleader in Hungary, you know, and everybody's all excited. And then there's a kickoff and there's that first, you know, hang up and whatever. But then, like, instantly, the crowd is just not into it. You know, because, of course, the first several plays are usually running plays. You know, you might get an incomplete pass in there. And and people are going to their phones. You know, they're having conversations or whatever. But as soon as there was an interception, everybody perked up. You know, and then they're paying attention. Because, again, it's like literally a game changer. So I just want to – I, I got to say yeah, to Josh. Can they show something else's yeah. – <laughs> Right. Right, right. That's the thing. I mean, it's the most obvious, you know, just great play in the game. And and just in general, you know, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of defense. And Joe, I know that you're on my side on this one after the week 10 Bombers Elks game, right? <laughs> I mean, in the second half, Edmonton had six drives. The Bombers defense had one fumble recovery, one interception, and two two and outs. I mean, that was an awesome display of defense, and Winnipeg kicked their butts after being down at half. You know, now, every mean, fan root for defense when their team's on defense, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think the point is neutral fans, if they're watching a the game, might want to see that scoreboard stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. 
that's true. But I think that, I, I you know, Josh was kind of speaking in context of the fan of a team. And, and you know, I, I, I'm sorry, Josh, I'm just not buying it. I mean, not that he didn't do an awesome show with you, because that was a great episode. Um, also, you had Travis on the podcast, and not so much a bone pick, but I thought it was pretty hilarious that you guys actually took seriously the notion of an East crossover this year. And then within like two days of release of the podcast, the Stamps beat the Argos. <laughs> it's just like, okay, okay. This is why we have nice things. <laughs> But you really want the Argos to stay undefeated all year? Jeez, I don't know, man. Well, um, no. I mean, they're <laughs> going to be close, so. <laughs> and then, okay, finally, I, I just wanted to say this is this is not ap- apropos of your podcast without me or anything like that. But I just want to say once again, man, there is no justice in fantasy football. I know there is because aren't you losing like every week by like five points? No, no, no. I've had some tremendous losses. The the one week I had Vernon Adams starting a quarterback, that was the week he was good for one pass play in two yards. I think I got like 0.3 out of him. And of course he was my captain. So I found like the Elks since week two, I have found any number of ways to lose but this week was the icing on the cake you know i had trey ford as my starter because he was cheap i had keon hatcher who had one of the best weeks for a wide receiver i mean i had i had ulet i've been running with ulet almost every game he had a good game uh you know he scored me 34 points because i had him as my captain you know and yet and i scored over 126 points and yet I still lose by 25 to Kura. I think I might have been the second high score in the league this week. And I lost, you know, to 150 and point team. Why I don't put a lot of money on any of this. Oh. <laughs> oh. Weekly fantasy is the worst. It's just the worst. So I'll, I will say this, though, in my defense, I may be second to last in the CFL podcast league. However, I'm pretty certain I'm at least top 10 among fantasy football players in Hungary. I I think that's a fair bet. I would hope so. I I think that's a a fair bet. I only know for sure of one Canadian football fan in Hungary. He's from Toronto, and his only prediction every year is that Toronto won't win the Great Cup. He's actually been wrong a couple of times in recent years, but that's the only pick he makes uh, in the preseason. So what I really wanted to talk to you about today in this sort of mini episode of CFL is, is one of our old themes on this show, because after this past week and uh, a week in which the betting was very easy, by the way, uh, very easy to clean up last week if you took the favorite minus a lot of points in most of these games. But one of the things that struck me was is the tier structure. We always talk about the tiers in the CFL. And I wanted to get your your input on this because I noticed today, and I haven't listened to it yet, but I noticed today that the official podcast over there on uh, CFL.ca, The Waggle, episode 330, not only has an interview with prospective Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Nathan Rourke, which I'm excited to hear. But also the main conversation is about pretenders and contenders. 
Now, here you are. You're looking at the standings. There's four teams with a positive point differential. Not so strange in the CFL with nine teams. However, you know, the other five teams are way under. Okay. There's a lot. I mean, the, the Red Blacks are not so bad. I think they're about minus 26, minus 28 point differential. So they're not too bad. But the other four are just six touchdowns or more behind in, in the black. Okay. Clearly, the Argos, Lions, and Bombers are head and shoulders above the rest. What do you do, for example, with the Alouettes? What do you do? And, and the Alouettes, I should point out too, are undefeated against teams with losing records. And they're 0-3 against that top three with a minus 38-point differential. Now, to be fair, only two teams have beaten any of the top three. And that's the Stamps and the Red Blacks, not including them playing amongst themselves. But what do you do with the Alouettes and what do you do with the tier system right now? I think you can show up the tier system now. I mean, you still got the top three. Montreal's a very, very clear four. And then five through eight is a toss up. We know who number nine is. <laughs> and we know who number 10 is. Yeah. Number 10? Yeah, I Was mean, that my Schooner, fantasy team? Schooners are undefeated this year, right? So they got to be number nine, right? <laughs> okay. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, um, but still, they're doing better than Edmonton is. <laughs> where do you put uh, – I mean, like, okay, so, so the Alouettes, of course, they're on the three-game win streak. Uh, they've beaten, you know, the not exactly – Bad Stampeders and Riders, not exactly good either, but I mean, they're not, you know, let's say Hamilton or Edmondson. Um, what do you make of, what do you make of the uh, Owls this season so far? So far, the, the teams are supposed to. Right. It kind of ends, kinda ends the, there. Right? After, after what they had to go through in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Total makeover. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I know I know that this week they no, get the red. For them. If they can yeah. find a way to build on this foundation, they're definitely a contender next year. I mean, this year they're still they're in play, but next year they might be in that conversation of who's your preseason favorite if they can build on this. Yeah. Hopefully. Because what we're looking at now is okay. If we beat the Red Blacks this week, we're at six and three. We're at four and zero against the East. Uh, I'm sorry, four and one against the East, but four and zero against the teams behind them. We can't talk playoff scenarios yet, but that's about as close to clinching that number two as you can come without the mathematics. I mean, that's a lot of games in hand. Uh, they they automatically win both of those series pretty much. So that would be a plus. But then I see that right after, right after Ottawa, they have to run that gauntlet again, where it's like Lions, Argos, Bombers. So so then they're looking at six and six, right? And I was I was wondering, maybe you can maybe you can verify if this is a legitimate fantasy or not. What if this is the year? that the Argos get upset by the 500 team in the championship game. 
That'd be fair. They've been Could doing that it happen? Every- Here's why not. <laughs> yes. I wanted to hear that from you, Joe. Thank you very much. So, yeah, that's what we're looking at. Alouettes 9-9 nine and nine in that Eastern Championship game, uh, upsetting the Argos. But, but I'm almost afraid that more likely is going to happen is that the Red Blacks are going to upset upset the Alouettes in the in the first round of the East playoffs. But anyway, are you ready to give up? I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but are you ready to give up the delusion of the East crossover now? No. Oh, really? Oh, you really think Hamilton has some game, huh? It's in play. Okay. Oh, it's in as if one of Saskatchewan, remember Saskatchewan fell off a cliff last year. They started decently. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> but then after after they had their injuries, after they had their problems, it, they just went straight down the chute. Yeah. Um, Calgary is also a, people know how to play against Calgary. You make Jake Mayer throw it deep. Yeah, the one game he was able to make it work was Ottawa, and they still didn't win that one. Right. So you just make you just make Jake Mayer beat you, and you're going to win those games. So. I don't see either of those two teams pulling away and making third place in the West rock solid. Now it's going to take some doing. Ottawa's going to have to start winning some of these close games and Hamilton's going to have to pick it up a bit, but both of those things are on the table. Yeah. I mean like technically Ottawa right now is in eighth place, but again, they're in fifth in that point differential. They have gotten to the point now where, you know, they're in these games. They're in all of these games. You know, it's, yep. it's and not like. And they, and in the, if you think about it, they basically started the season a month after everybody else. <laughs> yeah, true. They came into the season already injured and knocked around oh, yeah. and haven't really come back from that. But with Dustin Crum in play in place now, they have they have chances in games, and they've been taking advantage of some of them. Now they've left a few on the table too. They're going to have to start picking up those. But you can't look at Ottawa as a free space in the bingo card anymore. You just can't. No, oh no, 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 no. Ottawa, I think, plays some of the smartest ball in the CFL this year. They're really making up for the lack of names, the lack of experience, the lack of size with just a lot of smart play. They're tight. They don't make dumb turnovers and they generate a lot of good turnovers. So I'm really enjoying the the Red Blacks now, all of a sudden. Uh, They're a heck of a lot more fun to watch than Hamilton. That's for sure. Now, okay, so I also wanted to touch touch upon you with this because I have not listened to the most recent episode of the Rouge, White, and Blue, but I just wanted to get your picks reiterated here. And I'll probably weigh in on mine as well. Uh, let me just call up the schedule here. Now we start the week with Edmonton at Hamilton. Um, now I gotta say, I think I'm gonna go with Edmonton here. I know that Hamilton's Hamilton's coming off the bye week, but on one hand, and nine is a lot. I mean, again, I'm a big believer in the numbers balancing out. They've got to win a game here somewhere. They're not at home. Hamilton has been terrible at home for a little while now. You know, the the mystique is long gone of Horton. 
you know. And so, I mean, now, on the other hand, of course, you know, you've got Trey Ford. Trey Ford is not, you know, the strongest guy in the world. He's a good athlete, not the strongest guy in the world. Last week, they used four receivers, count them, four. I think they've got a guy or two coming off the injury list this week. So they might have a little bit more. They might have a few more options this week. But is there a path to victory here in your estimation for Edmonton? There's definitely a path to victory. They had they laid out they laid the groundwork for it last week in first quarter and some minutes. Mm-hmm. Make a big play or two on offense with the speed they have. Make a make a turn make Hamilton turn the ball over and capitalize on it, and then the offense was you know the offense was built to be conservative last week. It worked to a point. They put up 29. Mm-hmm. 14 of those were instant strikes. <laughs> Actually, 21, 21 or 21 of those were instant strikes because the screen pass off of the blitz. But yeah, uh, nice play. Yeah. So set yourself up for success. Play conservatively. Don't turn the ball over. Use Trey Ford's athleticism for him and not against him. And then let's see what your defense can do. Yeah, they put up they put up a nice amount of points in that first half, and I was kind of chalking it all up to, uh, you know, the the newness, if you will, of, of Trey Ford. But just again, on the other hand, to me, Hamilton has proven no, next to nothing this season. To me, the defense is still slack. I, I'm just not seeing it from them. I'm not seeing the pressure. I'm not seeing the turnover generation. And so, you know, again, it's like. You look at these games on Edmonton's schedule, and I keep going, well, it's this one or nothing. It's this one or nothing. And I feel like this is another one. It's it's this one. This is the one they really, I mean, they, they should really win this one. I mean, this is a professional football team. You yeah, know? something I mean, they... that favor, though, is remember, they beat Ottawa twice with Dustin Crown. So they're used to facing this type of quarterback, and they're used to defending that rather well. Their offense didn't put up a lot of numbers and kept Ottawa in the game the whole time. Mm-hmm. So now how how much of this last week was just the fact that, you know, I mean, the fans like to grouse about how the Elks are finding new ways to lose. But how much do you think of this is just that, you know, they're getting to the point where they've forgotten how to win? Winnipeg was so much better besides the first quarter. They were so much better in that game for three yeah. quarters. It went 22, nothing. Winnipeg just was like, Oh wait, we need to turn this on. And they did. Yeah. Edmonton yeah. had no, Edmonton had one answer. They had the, they had the, they had the quick, the quick screen pass with um, when Winnipeg was sending the house. Other yeah. than that, they generated nothing after that. Yeah. Which is the classic response to the, to the big blitz you just mm-hmm. dump it off to the side okay um we've also got <laughs> you know i made my picks this week and i took all all four of the away away teams um i don't know which of these is worth my money because i don't have my vpn on so i can't check the sports book but um we've got winnipeg at calgary um you're expecting winnipeg to take care of business i assume but again, like we've talked about, Winnipeg is not on the scoreboard, 
blowing away these teams. I mean, even last week, they only beat Edmonton by nine going in as like a 14 and a half point favorite. So, I mean, how much margin of victory do you expect given that Calgary laid a complete egg against a very fast BC defense last week? I'd say 10 points is fine. Um, 10 point margin of victory? Yeah, they put, they, they know how to play defense against this offense. They made Calgary. Calgary came off to a hot start against Winnipeg. Uh, got up, I want to say 11 nothing, and then Winnipeg shut everything down. Now, Winnipeg's got to stop letting teams take take the first quarter and running with it. That'd be a great thing. But on the <laughs> other hand, Jake Mayer having the capabilities of out uh, of outplaying Winnipeg's defense. And Winnipeg's offense clearly didn't miss a beat with Drew Brown in there. So even if Drew Brown has a has issues in his start, they got enough talent around him to support him and score twenty points. I think that's all they're going to need. So it's going to be you're looking at about a twenty to ten game, something of the sort. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. So, so for the betting crowd, I'd say take the under in this game would probably be your best bet. I'm not sure how much Winnipeg will be favored by. It won't be double digits. But, um, yeah, I'd say probably under is the good bet in that game. Uh, okay, now, Montreal at Ottawa. Again, Montreal's looked very good against these marginal teams that they've played in the last three weeks coming out of the bye. Not incidentally, I think. Um, you know, finally, this defense is looking hot. I mean, literally, they've let up, they've allowed the second fewest points this season. And again, we just talked about this. You know, you have a quarterback that's completing eight of 13 attempts, and yet your team is still scoring 41 points and winning by 29. That's saying quite a lot. Um, and so, but I get the feeling that this could be a grueling game. I, I, I feel like Montreal comes out on top, but I'm thinking that, Ottawa is going to cover the spread on this one. Again, I don't know what the spread is, but I can't imagine it's less than five or six. No, this is definitely the game of the week. It's going to be interesting depending on who's the starter, but I think I think it'll be Cody. I haven't seen yes. any to believe that. Okay. So, According to the official website, he's been limited in practice the first two days of the week. So, again, I don't know what that says. Um, that can be deceptive. But he is taking some reps. Wouldn't be right. surprised and if they just sat him down again this week, though. The plan for both at this point, likely. And, there, and that Ottawa defense hasn't been doing them any favors this year. Well, I, again, like, like I've said from the go, I think they've been at just a disadvantage size-wise on defense. I think that really hurts. Um, yeah. I think sp- Ottawa game, if they can get the pass rush going. They've proven capable of it in the past. If Montreal keeps their quarterback upright, they win. If they don't, Ottawa wins. I think that's what it comes down to. There's a, there's a lot of interesting crossover here, too, because Montreal could start Caleb Evans. And, of course, you know, Ottawa defensive coordinator is our former head coach. So, you know, there's some interesting crossover here. I'm, I'm, I'm really expecting a fairly low scoring, let's say mid scoring. I, I would be I wouldn't be surprised at like a 23, 22. I think this one could be a real grueling match. It's so low. 
going to be, it's going to happen. It's going to, the game's going to come down to the last three minutes. And we're going to talk about how great it was, even if the first 57 minutes are, yeah, because that's. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm thinking on the betting angle, I'm thinking I'm going to do my favorite bet here, take Montreal money line and take Ottawa to cover the spread. I proportion that out correctly. And even if you lose one, you'll break even. All right. Finally, we end up with BC at Saskatchewan. And basically, as you started talking up the riders, they've slowly been degenerating over the past few weeks. Joe, um, did you do it on purpose? No, but if that's what <laughs> it's going to I mean, they, Saskatchewan's a juggernaut just waiting to jugger, right? Hmm. Really? Because no. man, I got the last three games. I've got what? So, so they've been good for nine, 13 and 12 with a bye week in there. I'm, and they're uh, on the back and BCC makes, makes even great offenses look awful sometimes. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I don't, I, you know, again, if you're waiting for them to jugger, I'm not sure this is the week. No. And they get a I bye wish, week after this. I do the reverse curse on them. I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're thinking BC and a blowout. So so you've got at least three away teams winning this week. Yeah. I've got all four. So and you've got all be it be quite an interesting week, no matter how it's, it shakes out. Um yeah, the I, only I, one I feel, I feel even slightly worried about is Montreal Ottawa, mm-hmm. but uh, Montreal's been been proving everybody wrong this year. So let's I'm going to ride with that until they until they start petering out a little bit. Well, I mean, I I guess they have, but I mean, only in that you know they've been a little bit better. I, I think that, you know, the Montreal season looks a lot more surprising because Hamilton has been so bad and, and everybody had them as one of the top two teams in the East. Uh, I think I had them second, for example, behind Toronto. But, I mean, just Hamilton has just been so disappointing. You know, Montreal's already beaten them twice. That makes them, you know, that makes Montreal look a little bit better. But I, But I almost feel like, Montreal is one of the only teams besides the big three that's really living up to their potential so far. And we have had to go to our second QB. So, you know, I'm not sure that they're really exceeding expectations. I feel like they're just living up to expectations. You know, I mean, finally, for the first time in in years, the Noel Thorpe defense looks like the Noel Thorpe defense over there. You know, again, they're they're second best at points allowed. You know, now now maybe part of that is because they've only faced BC and Winnipeg once each, but still, I mean, this defense has when been good. They lost. The defense was great. Seventeen yeah. points for yep. any day, but I mean, come on now, that was still a pretty good effort, especially with the offense putting up three. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, look. This Montreal offense is not a juggernaut waiting to jugger. <laughs> you know, it's not of of the juggernaut. It is definitely not. So uh, that th- this is what this team depends on this year. And again, like I'm going to reiterate this: 
this team is one of the reasons why I love defense over offense so much in football, because man, our defense is going to carry us this year. It's going to carry us as certain as the Denver Broncos didn't paint Manning's last year. You know, it's just like, and, and I love it. I love it. I love, I love that uh, defense. Oh boy. Montreal, Winnipeg in week 12. Uh, in closing, I just wanted to say this to Joe. Um, of course we talked about this before when we did, um, you know, the, the origin story, the fandom podcast. Um, and I got to tell you, it's a very strange situation being in Europe right now in 2023 as a CFL fan, because I almost feel like I've been dumped back to 1999. You know, I mean, the only way I get to see these games realistically is through a pirate version. You know, I'm not, I'm not watching a little credit card size display anymore but geez you know it it just seems weird that at this height of technology that we have now with streaming with you know live video with with you know uh sports packages that you can buy that the cfl has such a deal that your only option is to watch these things live you know, yeah, in theory, you can watch them anywhere around the world, but in reality, it's damn tough. And I and I just want to say, I really hope the league can figure something out that you can watch these things on delay next year. I mean, in truth, I'll probably be back in North America next year, but this 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 CBS deal has turned out to be a real disappointment for fans like me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to slag off the league too much, but wow, they really kind of dropped the ball on this one, so to speak. So, I just wanted to register my disappointment with that a little bit. Um, in any case, I'm still doing my best, enjoying the CFL football the as 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 I can. Yeah, I, there's a bit more imagination. Uh, I have to apply a bit more imagination than I might like. I kind of feel like a 1950s baseball fan listening on the radio sometimes, but I'm still loving this season. It's very interesting season, especially with these three teams at the top. Wow. How good can these teams finish? They could have three teams at 14 and four or better. Wow. Wow. See, that would be historic. That would be very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Okay, Joe, I'm going to put a bow on this. This has been a special bonus episode of the Drew's Right Blue podcast uh, for my co-host Joe Pritchard. I'm Oz Davis. I'll be rejoining the show regularly soon. Until then, you get Joe and mystery guest X week to week. I hope you continue to enjoy the Rouge, White, and Blue and join us, I guess, in just a few days for the regularly scheduled program. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.